discussing the commodities markets, what's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors, and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Commodity Watch Radio with Dominic Frisbee. Hello and welcome to Commodity Watch Radio. I'm Dominic Frisbee and in this week's programme we talk to Zapata George. Zapata George Blake who has a big prediction for us. And Michael Hampton aka Dr Bub is back talking charts. And a reminder of our disclaimer that nothing you hear in this programme constitutes advice to buy or sell anything. It's just an expression of opinion only. Now let's crack on with the show. Commodity Watch Radio at Mindsight.com. Well, I'm on the phone now to Zapata George Blake, and George emailed me this morning and he said, DF, I have a hot news flash. If you want to know what it is, call me. I'm on the phone to him now. George, what is this hot news? Well, it developed rather slowly, but it is something that has been smoldering in the background, and now it's going to break loose literally in a matter of hours and days. We've heard all of the arguments about peak oil and not peak oil and blah, blah, blah. Well, you see... The really critical thing comes when the daily production of the total earth is exceeded by the daily consumption of the total earth, and the refining business is pretty much an on-time delivery business. So they speak of these inventories, particularly on the U.S. NYMEX trade, like they were extensive. They're not. They're a matter of days or hours. Well, back in February, we had an extreme coal spell in Alberta. When they did, they could not mine the oil sand. Ergo, the refinery in Edmonton that refines that particular kind of oil was short 150,000 barrels of gasoline. So they called upon the biggest refiner in Refinery Row to please help them out only to discover that they were in an unannounced shutdown attributable to mechanical problems. Okay, there was no reason to question them, but very shortly thereafter, we get from Bloomberg on the 23rd of March, just a few days ago. Shell, BP, apologize for gasoline shortages in Sydney, Australia. Now, in the news release, British Petroleum cited production issues at local refineries and constraints on import. That means they ain't getting the oil, folks. For an unprecedented level, their words, of low of, of fuel shortages, unprecedented level of fuel shortages. Now, continuing in Australia, Caltex Australia, the biggest refiner down there, they have two plants, announced unplanned shutdowns at both its plants. 
why would the four biggest refineries in Australia be shut down at the same time? Unplanned maintenance? I don't think so. What we have, folks, is a shortage of oil. Well, you who have listened to this show know that for a long time, I have said, way back when Mr. became president of China, he loaded up his suitcases with money and went around the world handing it out. And the only thing that he asked as a deal he made with iron ore producers in Australia for the four smaller steel companies in China, continue your deliveries to these four companies at this level for the next 30 years and we will pay the world price. And they said, well, we can't do that because you know, we're going to deplete. He said, okay, in order to up your production to hold the level, what do you need? They said, we need $35 billion. He said, did you want cash or a check? Now, all he asked for was right of first call on production. He made the same deal with Russia for oil, handed them $8 billion for a pipeline, now, only yesterday afternoon did I get this. In fact, it's, it's labeled Reuters Tuesday, March 25th, which is today, out of Beijing. Now they're talking about February. Oil demand by China rose 6.2% in February, picking up the pace from last year's annual rate of 3.5% and a slow January. That doesn't sound too bad, does it? But get this, in order to meet that increase, they increased import oil purchases by 18.1% and they're buying the other end of the crude, six refined products, diesel, gasoline, etc. They increased their purchases there to 125% of the record level. Now then, Mr. Cheney makes a trip to the Middle East, didn't he? He met with the King of Saudi Arabia, and they came out with a joint statement, there are adequate supplies of petroleum in the world, and we will meet the demand. Well, why didn't he do that a month ago? Why didn't he wait until next month to do it? Now, on my website, I posted my letter of the month over, uh, well, be soon be two weeks, oil shortages now. Well, folks, I've just read you reported oil shortages. I went into much detail as to why, but the bottom line is this. We are producing each day less oil than we are consuming and the limited the limited backlogs are disappearing from refineries worldwide literally maybe by the time this is broadcast and somebody wakes up and says hey you know that funny old boy from texas he said this i don't mean pickens because he's from oklahoma he said it's a father george guy from texas i'm talking about so you're, well, see, you're saying, George, there's an imminent squeeze. Right now. And we're going we're gonna to see $160 a 
on the low side, and if it gets really stupid, we'll see $220 on the high side. And where do you get those figures from? Well, I do. I, I'm not so old. I can't still draw a point and figure chart, fella. <laughs> <laughs> Here I have the hard data that supports the thesis that I have presented. It is now. There are shortages in Edmonton, Alberta. There are shortages across the entire continent of Australia. And where did it go? It went to the guy who paid for first call. China. Well, you see, they're already starting to divert. Under those circumstances, it's going to be a long way to temporary, folks. It's coming now. And I'm seeing strength across the board in some very strange places. My favorite PWE, Penn West, is showing recent strength. There's activity in the put call section. Uh, I'm telling you, folks, you heard it here first. It's now. And what's the best way to play it, George? Well, it depends on your approach. See, I'm, I'm an investor. I like the long-term stuff. The absolute guaranteed way to play it is short Exxon and long Penn West on a spread. Because, you see, the in fact, Mr. Simmons said this this morning in an early interview. He said, the big major oil companies of North America are in liquidation. In other words, he was talking about Chevron, Conoco, Exxon, that whole bunch of folks. Because what's happened, see, Exxon no longer reports barrels of oil in their annual report. They report barrel of oil equivalent. Well, that ain't all, folks. That's gas. And the gas that they're reported that they're finding is in places like Ixabichibukwa. In other words, you never heard of these places, you know. And so who knows what the reserves are. So here we have the biggest oil company in the world no longer reporting crude oil reserves or production in barrels of oil. We all of a sudden have barrels of oil equivalent. When folks start doing that, they're hiding something. I've been I've been reading annual reports for over 50 years. When they do that, they're hiding something. So I like the long-term approach. But yeah. if you had to do the short-term thing... Well, this is a short-term spike you're talking about, isn't it? Yes, because, see, yeah, it'll correct, but this will set off the long-term. You know, now, only recently on the Toronto Stock Exchange, the Horizon group of folks have introduced both uh, gold and oil double ups. In other words, the percentage-wise that the uh, oil contract moves in New York City, these things move percentage-wise twice. They call them Horizon Beta Pro Oil Bull, traded TSX, symbol HOU. Now, this is for the out-and-out -out speculator. You asked me how to play it? I told you, first of all, play it from an investment point. Forget the Exxon short. 
just be long Penn West. That's a good enough investment play. You're getting paid 13% while you wait. You have a 50-year a, a call, <laughs> if you like that. And But now, if you want to go to the crazy end, you go and you bet on something going up twice as fast as oil. And that's what Horizon gives you the chance to do. So I pretty much covered your I think I've answered your question. You certainly have. I've got a couple more questions for you, uh, George, if that's okay. Seasonally, George, this is a time of year when uh, when oil tends to pull back a bit. Yes, it is. But you see, that's why everybody says, oh, well, this is just scheduled maintenance for these refiners. No, the scheduled maintenance takes place the 1st of May and the 1st of October. This is still March, folks. These are un scheduled shutdowns it's because they don't have the oil to keep them running when's this going to come out do you think well uh it was in the sunday paper in uh uh let's see oh sunday's newspapers march 23rd angela mcdonald smith bloomberg writer uh, Royal Dutch Shell and BP apologized in Sunday newspapers for shortages of gasoline in the Sydney region. So that's already been published. Mm-hmm. In the International Herald Tribune, Tuesday, March the 25th, are all of these Chinese numbers. When's the market going to wake up to it, though? Aha! The key question. When they hear your broadcast. <laughs> A man as powerful as you who gets the news out, <laughs> your program is relied upon by millions. I know. The head of Exxon, the head of BP, they're all listeners. No, see, I hate to say this, but they're fibbing to us for, for this reason. You know that they have this information. Now, when you have the information, you either have to be... To come to a conclusion, you have to be so stupid that you don't understand it, which they are not, or you must fib about what it is that you have. So unfortunately, they have fallen into the fibber category. And of course, the, the, the rationalization, no one of them wants to be the one who cries fire in the crowded theater and starts to stampede. I don't care whether there's a fire in the theater I want as many people to get out alive as can because some of us got to survive to start over. I don't want everybody burning up. So if somebody accuses me of being the guy who screamed fire, well, then that's just the way it has to be. The oil prices and, and the gold price have both done magnificently well over the last six months. And yet the stocks, particularly the junior stocks, which the received wisdom is give you a three to one leverage, have actually underperformed the underlying commodity. The, the great question that a lot of people are talking about, why has it happened and is that going to change? Do you have an opinion on that subject? Yes, I do. In fact, there's, they compute an index that relates the major gold producers to the bullion. Okay, that index is at a record level discounting the stocks to the bullion. Then they, they compute yet a second index that relates the juniors to the big ones. That is at a record. So the juniors are at a double record low. 
compared both to their senior friends and to the bullion. So I have shifted my balance. It used to be the biggies it, with growing interest in the juniors, and I have shifted my interest to the bullion and the juniors more heavily on the juniors because that is still where the leverage is. And I have news for you folks. Stocks like uh, Taihe Development uh, traded in Canada. Uh, oh, I don't know. Let me just real quick tell you where it's trading. The symbol's TDC. It's uh, trading right now with an hour and so to go in the day. It's trading at 51 cents Canadian. Go to the website. Look at uh, the, the guy who's the president of the company's name is David. He has a Ph.D. in geology. He wrote his thesis on the area where these mines are. He's got a great video. Look at it. Make your own judgment. But this is a junior that is just way below value. My personal junior favorite. But there's many, many, many in the group. And, of course, there's still some base metal uh, stocks that deserve attention. There's a chart that you can use as a, as a proxy for the junior mining companies. And if you put that against a chart for the Dow Jones financials, you'll see that they kind of followed the same pattern for the last three or four years. Well, th this is where my theory of bifurcation that I've been preaching for 18 months finally is coming to a head. Okay, in 05, gold... And the U.S. dollar went straight up at the same time. Not logical. The U.S. stock market and oil went up straight up the entire year. You cannot have this condition exist forever. When gold goes up, the U.S. dollar priced in dollars must go down and vice versa. In general, when crude is very strong, it cuts into earnings, ergo the market is at least sideways to maybe even weak. Well, when they go up together, someplace they've got to reach a path where they separate, where they bifurcate. So mm -hmm. for 18 months I've been saying, folks, it's going to bifurcate. Well, guess what? For the last four months, oil is up sharply, the stock market is down sharply. Gold is up sharply to record levels and the U.S. dollar just hit record lows. Bifurcation is now a reality. I've been preaching this doctrine strong for six months. It is happening. Go back and look at 1929, from the mid-20s to the mid-30s, and you can see a plot of what was home stake mining versus the Dow Jones average, and the Dow Jones average collapsed and home stake mining went to the moon. So you can have financial markets just getting ground up in pieces, and yet the stocks of reliable gold companies skyrocketed. So there's always a bull market someplace. You just got to find it, folks. That's, why you, that, that's why you listen to this man's program, so you'll know where to go. <laughs> Are you? Uh, do you think this correction in gold to, and silver is uh, is over, or do you think it's set to continue for a few weeks? I thought it was over last Thursday morning. That's good to hear. And um, how about the financials? Have they bottomed now? Or <laughs> no, 
I, I wrote a remember last August when we, that first thing came out and everybody said, "Oh, the problem's cured." Remember that? Yeah. The big headline on CNBC: "The problem's cured." It prompted <laughs> me to write my August letter where I said, "Hey, folks, remember the old American grocer who used to keep the apples in a barrel right up there by the cash register? So as you were checking out your groceries, you just reach over and get your nice apple out of the barrel." Well, they always watch for one of them to go bad because they knew if one of them went bad, there's a really good chance the whole barrel was in danger. Well, guess what? That is a strong analogy. This problem that we had last August that did not get solved was the first rotten apple in the barrel. All of these derivatives, all of them, will have to go through a gut-wrenching <laughs> redefinition where we're going to have all kinds of destruction. Mm. We're a long way from the end of this. Okay. You don't, you don't think we've got a kind of bear market rally in store for us over the next few months? Oh, the, the, uh, in fact, the, uh, my indicators say that the stock market is way oversold and could uh, mount a substantial point rally. But I'm not going to chase it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks very much, George. It's always a pleasure. It really is. And, and thanks for emailing me, and uh, I'll, I'll get the show out as quick as I can. Well, bless your heart. Oh, and all the other vital organs. <laughs> George, one last thing before we say goodbye. Do you want to give out uh, your details so that people can find out more about you and what you do? Well, there's... Uh, of course, I'm a lot of stuff I put on YouTube for free. You can visit YouTube Zapata George, or you can go to zapatageorge.com, or you can go to Ikeiosif's Aegean Capital or MarketViews.tv, or you can go to Jim Paplava Financial Sense. I appear on all those places. Well, George Blake, thank you very much. You're listening to Commodity Watch Radio with Dominic Frisby. Mike Hampton, aka Dr. Bump, is with me now. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? I'm well, Dominic. Good stuff, and uh, we've uh, we've had this big correction in gold. What, what what do you make of that? Do you think we've got further to go? Is it May 2006 all over again? Well, I don't think it's May 2006 because um, we haven't seen the parabolic shape that normally precedes um, those sort of six-month corrections. Um, this rally has been relatively well-behaved. If you look at it on a weekly chart or so, you will probably see what looks like a fairly nice, well-behaved channel going up. And normally I would say that when you, when you uh, are in a channel uh, rather than a parabolic move, um, the movement's not over. So we've had a nice correction back to the bottom of that channel. Um, we've now rallied up from the bottom. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see what we get over the next few days. But my best guess would be get a rally up to about 960 or so, um, and then a, a, a sort of retest of the bottom of the channel. That could take us back to about 920 or 930, perhaps a bit lower, maybe even 900. 
And if, if that retest, uh, I'll call it a C wave, if that retest back to uh, somewhere between 900 and 930 comes on lighter volume, then this has been a very, very healthy correction and is probably preceding a retest of uh, 1,000 plus. So that would be my expected case here, that we're, we're going to see A, B, and C. We're, we're in the B now. And once that C wave is over, we're going to see uh, 1,000 plus. Now, I will change my mind if this uh, next drop comes on also on very heavy volume and it smashes through 900. Then we're going to go into something more serious like 850 or lower. But my best guess is, you know, this is a temporary thing and we're on our way back to 1,000 plus. That's kind of the scenario I'm hoping for as well, Mike, the one you just described. And if that does happen, it's it's very bullish for gold. It means we've built a base at 900. Yes, it, it is. And, you know, to me, um, this has been typical of the movement in gold where, you know, the market will break out or move to a new level and it will kind of move fairly fast and it, it won't do a lot of backing and filling. It will kind of leave, uh, you know, one path, uh, one directional path and, you know, there is a tendency for every market to want to retra retrace um, every sort of inch of, of, uh, of, of price space um, at least twice. And if it does it twice, it means it goes up and down and that's it. But normally in, you know, a, a bull market, you'll see it retrace the space three times. So it goes up, it you know, breaks out, comes back to that breakout point for what I like to call a kiss it goodbye move. And then it starts moving up, so you actually retrace the price space three times. A, A up, sort of, sort of um, what am I saying? Uh, up once, back down, and then back down again. And the ABC movement I talked about, it's an even nicer retracement uh, of the space and, and can really set the market up for, for new higher levels. You said the market hadn't gone parabolic, but silver had gone a bit parabolic. Yes, it had, and uh, I, I was a little worried about silver, um, but I think gold's the big dog here, and you know that, you know, silver is following along uh, alongside gold to the to the mo most uh, for the most part, and you know I'm I'm following you know gold's lead here on this. Um, at some point, we may see we may see you know gold break out and, and leave silver behind. I mean that is possible. Um, that we would see that, although most most observers of, of the two metals will tell you that, you know, in, in, in a move like this, silver will outperform gold, and I think we had seen that for, for some time. And uh, But gold is the one I, I, I really don't want to go parabolic because I think the precious metals rally is still, uh, you know, bull move is still intact if gold doesn't go parabolic. And even if gold does go parabolic, you know, it, 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 it could correct that, you know, excessive movement. And I, don't, I guess we 1,200 or 1,100, 1,200, we'd need to see that to make a real parabolic move now. That could be corrected over a period of about three to six months you know, or a year even. Uh, we had uh, Zapata George on the show earlier who has uh, turned very bullish on oil. He thinks there's a su big supply squeeze coming. Um, do you have any comments on that? I know you haven't listened to the interview yet. Well, no, I, and I'm very intrigued to hear that. I mean, a lot of people right now are talking about how oil has, you know, had its uh, move to uh, 110 and it's now, you know, needs to move back to 80 or something um, in this next move down. And I mean, seasonally speaking, um, I would rather expect that kind of move back to, you know, 80 or 90. 
Uh, in fact, if you li listen to my sort of comments from late last year, you know, the comments, predictions for 2008, which, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pleased. I did li re-listen to that the other day that, you know, a lot of the movements that we've seen, you know, were pretty well anticipated by some of the interviewers, myself included. So, you know, on the seasonal basis, I was looking for some kind of a move in oil into March, uh, 100 plus, and then a correction back down perhaps below eight, below 100, and we, we've sort of seen that already. And it's very interesting to think about whether we're going to see some more seasonal weakness, uh, which would normally last into, into March and maybe into April, um, and sometimes longer, um, or whether it's going to go back up again. And I think we've seen sort of the minimum correction that we would need to see before another move up. And, you know, as I'm talking to you, I'm looking at a chart of something called USO, which is the ETF for the, uh, for the U.S. crude oil contract. And it trades, um, as you probably know, because of contangos and backwardations and so forth. It, it was trading in line with WTI crude for, for a while, but it's now lost some value because of the, you know, cost of rolling contracts. And so right now it's trading at 81.47. Uh, I think that's where it closed yesterday. Um, and I'm looking at that chart, and I could see that pulling back to maybe about 77 or 78. That would bring it back to the bottom of the channel and back to moving average support and also back to previous breakout point. So that would bring it back to sort of kiss it goodbye point, um, which would then perhaps set it up for another move up. So if we're going to see Zapata George's... Uh, Move of another fifty dollars or a hundred dollars. What's he looking for? Another fifty. A minimum of one sixty, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. I mean, that's sixty yeah. percent up from uh, where WTI is now. Yeah. So, um, that would be like fifty dollars on on the USO. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of a lot. But um, if if we were going to see that, I you know it could start from here. But I think if, if one was going to play that, you might. Not put your whole position on now, but wait, wait to see if you can tag USO somewhere down about seventy-eight, um, and then I think we would have seen, like I said before, enough of a correction that uh, you know if there are some bullish fundamentals, and I think George Zapata George is a fundamentalist. Um, if the bullish fundamentals come into play, that would be a great launching pad from which we could see a pretty big move. Now, let me ask you, Mike, about, uh, you mentioned bonds in a little email today. You think uh, bonds could be in a bit of trouble. Do you want to uh, expand on that? Yeah, well, um, well, let's consider, first of all, why, why bonds have done well. Um, but the U.S. Treasury bond is trading back, um, and if, if people want to um, look at a chart while they're listening to this TLT, and I'll get this up while we're talking here, TLT is an ETF for the uh, long-term treasury bond. And if you pull that up on your charts, and we'll give, give one here, what we've seen recently, we've seen TLT run up to uh, a new recent high around about 98. Mm -hmm. And it looks a bit like a double top. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. And, um, you know, that, that's sort of um, the best level we've seen. And, well, you know, we've seen a sort of double top with uh, January's. Uh, high, and I think we'll see it. It's also a topping area, near a topping area we saw 
what, two or three years ago. Uh, we'll have to pull up the, the weekly chart to tell you exactly. But um, it, it's, um, you know, it's, it's done pretty well. But, but why is that? I mean, basically, this is a run to safety. And, you know, people have sold a lot of bonds of, uh, you know, formerly AAA-rated mortgage uh, garbage, um, and they've sold some corporate bonds, and they've basically put their money where they feel safe, which is into U.S. Treasuries. And um, they've sort of parked it there and, you know, waiting for the, the time to be right to invest in equities again or, uh, or gold or whatever. And I, I think that what people have done have kind of closed their eyes and they're in denial about what's happening on the inflationary front. And, you know, the inflationary beast has not been beat yet. Um, inflation is becoming, uh, you know, more dangerous all the time, in my view. We're certainly seeing a lot of inflation in China where food prices are ripping ahead. We're seeing it in Hong Kong. We're, we're seeing it in the U.S. dollar. Uh, thanks to commodity prices, that's, you know, cost-push-driven inflation. And it's also inflation of cost of goods that are imported from China because China's having its own problems that I mentioned a moment ago. So um, in a time when inflationary forces are gathering force, um, inflationary pressures are gathering force, really it's not rational for people to be buying bonds here because bonds are something that you want to get out of when long-term bonds are something to avoid when you know, inflation's picking up. So I think there's been a very temporary flow of you know, fear capital, you know, out of the banking system and, you know, out of corporates and out of structured products and the treasury bonds. And, you know, very, very soon that flow is going to reverse itself and you're going to see bonds fall. And, uh, you know, if inflation continues to rear its ugly head, you know, we could see a pretty huge drop in, uh, in, uh, in treasuries. I think Jim Grant, who's probably one of the shrewdest observers of, um, you know, interest rates anywhere, um, was talking about, you know, the last rally in treasury funds. And I, I can certainly see that that might be what we're in right now. In the course of this conversation, I've looked at a three-year, a five-year and a 10-year chart, and uh, it's a screaming sell. Well, I'll pull that up as we're talking here. Let's see. It's, it's yeah, it is, isn't it? I mean, we've got that same level somewhere about 96, 97. Yeah. Uh, I've seen tops back in 93 when, I think that's when Greenspan got rates down to 1% in the middle of 2003. And uh, the same level again, slightly lower, was tagged in mid, you know, mid-2005. And here we are again. So it's it's kind of a triple top here. Yeah. And, you know, we can't rule out that uh, it could go higher, but there's a lot of volume, there's a lot of volatility coming into it now, and I think what we're really seeing there is we're seeing the money, f flight capital coming into this area, and when it comes back out again, you know, who's going to buy it? <laughs> Where's it going to go? Well, I, you know, I wish I knew. I mean, I think that there are, there are a couple of obvious places that it wants to go to, and one of them is to the U.S. equity markets, so... If we get Jim Puplava's Oriole sandwich, you know, the black-white-black black part, and if we're coming into the creamy center here, then that's a time when equity markets will be doing well again. The market will come out of the bond market and go into equities. And 
We may at the same time see um, see the gold price go back up again. It also would tie in with Martin Armstrong's uh, turn date last weekend. By the way, I think that you know, in hindsight, looks like a you know very good call. I you know perhaps it missed by about three days or something, but uh, three or three or four trading days. But uh, it looks like we saw an important low in the equity markets um, last week. I think so. And what, what what makes me excited is that I've I studied a chart of the juniors, the CDNX, against the Dow Jones financials. And the juniors track the Dow Jones financials more as much as they track gold. And so if we get a turnaround in the financial stocks and they move up, we should get a move up in the juniors. Well, yeah, I think, you know, and I've said this, you know, so many times, I think people are getting tired of hearing it, but um, the juniors have come back to the sort of 2,500. And I'm, by, by juniors, actually, I'm talking about the CDNX. Um, it's come back to, well, yesterday it traded as low as 2,481. And uh, a couple of times it's gone down to 2,400. So that's pretty close to it. So we've basically come back to a level uh, that represents, you know, very good support on the charts. Yeah. Um, you know, gold's come back and, you know, has done a sort of possible kiss of goodbye. And, you know, we could, you know, with luck, we could see money flowing, you know, out of bonds into into junior gold shares at long last. And uh, we may now get that rally that we've been sort of expecting yeah. uh, for a few months. It may be about to happen. I hope so. Anyway, Mike, listen, thank you very much. Uh, good luck with everything that you're doing and come on the show again soon. Well, thank you again, and uh, you know it's it, it's uh, it's always good to speak to you, and I appreciate the, the opportunity to be included in these interviews. And uh, I think what we need to do is put up a thread here on GEI with some of these charts, so people can follow this when they're listening to the conversation. All right, and I'll put a link to the charts uh, on the homepage. Super. Commodity Watch Radio is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee for Mindsight with music by Manolo Camp. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our bulletin board at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com.